Hey, MF. <laughs> he means Mr. Family. I like MF better. I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, I'm Mr. Mr. A.K.A. Jeffrey Mr. And I'm Mrs. Mr. A.K.A. Dana Mr. And together we are the, the Misters. Yeah. So she took my last name. And ever since then, we've been married for more than 15 years. And don't you forget, I gave you two babies. Oh, you still want a cookie for that, I sure you? do. <laughs> oh, I got a cookie for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been through so much together, so we can created the Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Podcast to help us and anyone else marry or in a serious relationship deal with the ups and downs of being married to somebody crazy. Crazy? <laughs> well, you made me this way. All right, really, we want to laugh, learn, and love through it all. And our goal is to support 7 million marriages and relationships. Will you join us in this MF? <laughs> Again, he means Mr. Family. So now, let's go and get into this next episode. Yes, we have two kids. Should we have another one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm a little on the fence about this. I love to practice, though, but I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know about the other. They keep coming. They keep coming. I don't think you need any more practice. You. <laughs> Well, we're so excited about this show today. It is my favorite doctor in the whole wide world. I have known her since we moved to to this area. Like she was my first doctor. I wanted an African-American woman doctor. She went to my church and I have loved and adored this lady. She's Mm -hmm. everything to me, Dr. Jessica Ruffin. Thank you so much for coming on. So sweet. No, thank you. I'm, I'm happy you asked me. Happy to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Dr. Ruffin. Yes. So if anybody knows any intimate details about us, it's Dr. Ruffin. And so don't be trying to go find her and find out anything about us because she's not going to tell you. <laughs> we yes. uh, observe yes. all HIPAA. Yes. All HIPAA. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're new to watching or listening right now, welcome to the Mystery and Mrs. Yes. Mr. Podcast Show. We're back. Season three. Yes. We're rolling right here. And I'm your host, Mr. Mr. And right beside me is my wife, 15 plus years, two kids. We're going to possibly more and a possible <laughs> place made. <laughs> Dana, Mr. Okay, Mrs. Mr. And together we are the, the Mr. Misters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, a special guest today. We're going to get into it, Doc, with no further ado. Tell us who you are. And some people may be wondering, what is an OBGYN? Can yes. you tell us what is it? Because some people may say you also take care of the babies, you know, so versus, yeah, you what, know, what's the difference? Yes. <laughs> well, that's a common question. People think that I'm a baby doctor, but an OBGYN doctor um, is a doctor who practices obstetrics and gynecology. And um, uh, somebody who's gone to medical school and then they have an additional four years where they specialize in obstetrics and gynecology. Now, obstetrics, of course, is the care of a woman during pregnancy. That's what um, I was going to ask you. I was like, just in case I know, yes. but just in case somebody else doesn't. Just uh, to break it down. Um, <laughs> For uh, care throughout the pregnancy and taking care of both the mom and the baby. Technically, an obstetrician has two patients during um, uh, during pregnancy, the mom and the baby, and then the delivery and postpartum period. And then a gynecologist is a doctor who treats all issues um, of the female reproductive tract. Now, some gynecologists will also do a little bit of primary care, um, and some people tend to, you know, only do straight um gyn that's just dependent um it's doctor dependent people do it differently makes makes sense i talk to guys too and their lady or wives and they wonder like should they pick a female obgyn or a male you know like is it is it on the le- 
I don't know. We didn't really have a conversation before because you had you. Yeah, I just you picked like, that. Okay, she's good people, but I'm wondering. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if it would have been a guy, like, whatever, like, hold on, who is, hold on. You know, because you get in there, you 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 see a lot of stuff that, you know, that it wouldn't be. Well, you know. there are some, there are some very good and personable male. Okay. GYN physicians. And, you know, there's some women that not all women click with. So I think it's just a personal choice. Makes some sense. people feel very strongly that they um, only want a woman. I'm only want a woman. And, but there's some women who like to have male doctors. You know, so um, actually, when I was in college, I actually had yes. Well, because let me tell you why it was because you know, at college, you don't have no money. I went to the health department, and at the health department, it was a male doctor, and you know, and it was my first time because. Oh, I want to talk about that too. When should a woman first go? Because for me, I didn't go until I was college, right? I, I didn't know if I, you know what I'm saying? So when would you recommend, especially like for teens or somebody that may be listening, like when right. would you recommend or what, what do statistics say? Yeah. So typically the recommendation is for a um, young woman to have her first GYN visit at age 15, 15 or 16. Mm. And really that's a time where, it doesn't necessarily involve an exam. Um, she doesn't necessarily even have to get undressed, but it's just a discussion about um, her period and how she's feeling about her body and typically a visit when um, the mother's not in the room. And I usually tell my patients, you're probably gonna find that I'm gonna answer your questions the same as your mother, but at least now it's personal and she's not gonna know and you can, there's no judgment and we can just talk. Yeah. Appreciate that. See, Appreciate that's why I love Dr. Ruffin because you Appreciate keep it 100 real because you just told me on something about the 15, 60 year old. Like I said, I didn't go until I was a junior in college. So, <laughs> you know, even if it's just to go, just have like those frank conversations and basically provide a safe zone for young ladies as well. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all noticed, I'm wearing a shirt that my son was born. I wore this to the back of the house because we didn't know. Like, we didn't know what we were having at that point in time. We were looking at it, pulling the leg. I was like, you see what we see. Not the leg, the head came first. Yeah, first. Now, the leg got to y'all pull it by the head or something like that. Whatever body part. The head first, right? Jay's talking about head first. Thank you. I mean, you know, he eating grocery now. I know he made it through. All right, um, Doc, what's your guts? Right. So the question mm -hmm. we today is: Should we have another baby? We got two. They are now functioning on their own. They can feed mm -hmm. themselves. We can latch key them if we need to. Leave right. them right. Nine and seven. seven. Nine and seven, right? Yeah. Seven. Eight and oh yeah. Well, it's so, I get it. It's hard. I remember when um the day my son could get it. What'd you say? What What does your gut say? You You admit your first thought process. Um, well, you know, my gut is that you gotta, you have to decide if you want to have a baby. Because guess what? When you get up on Saturday morning, I'm gonna be at my house with no children. <laughs> So, um, I, you know, I can't really say, and I feel you, you know, my children are now 21 and 18 and I can remember when my son was old enough to get up on Saturday morning and go and fix cereal for him and his, yes. his, his sister. And, um, I got one of those refrigerators with the freezer at the bottom so they could access everything. You know, that's the whole reason I got the refrigerator. So I get it when your kids are up and functioning, it's hard to think about starting over. Um, but you know, it's just, um, having children is such a beautiful thing, you know, and it's such a blessing uh, to be able to do. 
And, uh, you know, we love our children and we enjoy them. So it's just such a personal choice. There are some women who don't want to have any children. There's some women that want to have as many children as their body will allow. So, you know, personally, I would absolutely love it if you all had another baby. Um, my office staff always loved it when the misters were pregnant because they're always so enjoyable and pleasant. <laughs> we were so, so loud. <laughs> so, you know, I would love for you all to have another baby. But like I said, I'm up here paying for two uh, in college right now. And it's no Thank joke. Thank you. Um, there's, there's stuff to say. So what, what if you had a couple, what would you recommend for a couple that's not on the same page? Of, I don't know if you know anybody. <laughs> what you well, that happens all the time. Yes. I'm yeah. all the time. Of yeah. just sometimes yeah. of like one person wants to have a baby and the other person doesn't. Right. Tough question. Kind of laying you at that point. But what what would you recommend or what what, what would you say to that couple? Well, I think uh, what and that happens often. Um, I just recommend people talk about it okay. and wait. You know, sometimes like with so many things in life, when you're not sure. Uh, best thing to do is to wait and the answers will come, you know? So I would talk about it, wait, pray. Hmm? <laughs> he said he's going to sleep with a chastity belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the thing is, um, you know, hopefully in the way we like to do it is to have two parents because um, yeah. uh, raising children is, you know, it's no joke. It's not for the faint of heart. And so um, you want to be on the same page and, you know, um, you know, to be real, marriage can be uh, stressful for other reasons. You know, yeah. if you look at a lot of the reasons that relationships and marriages are stressed, you know, it's money, time, lack of intimacy, and yeah. having a child affects all those things, right? So it affects. I mean, there's a whole host of reasons, but you know, having a child is beautiful because we love our children, but it also um, is an adjustment and it's a stressor. And so, like anything, when you're going to enter a stressful time, it's better to. Um, kind of shore up everything and be sure that you're strong and on the same page because facing it together is always going to be easier than being um, divided at the time. Makes so sense. I think that I basically didn't give you an answer other than no, that's good. No, that's good. You, I guess you guys will figure it out. Okay. <laughs> you're slide. That was a doctor wear. I like it. I, I see it in the box. I see it in um, Okay. For, and this is, a, I don't know how to say this. I'm just going for women who are approaching a certain age, okay. like, are there any risks? And then at what age, let me just ask that, let me just throw it that way. Let me ask it on the phone. At what age do risks start to happen? Is it through health? Is it through just age itself? Is there anything- Basically what he's trying to say, Dr. Ruffin, is <laughs> I'm gonna be 39 this year and I'll be here right. for this year. Right. So, Which I think, you look beautiful. I got no problem with I'm just yeah. trying for, for other women who may be listening, say, you know what? Maybe well, I think I that's a common question. People always say, Dr. Ruffin, am I too old to have a baby? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're still having periods and you can get pregnant and God sees fit to give you a baby, who am I to say you're too old to have a baby? Hello. Now, hello. I will say that hello. women's, what'd you say? <laughs> he said, hello, hello Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I will say that, you know, a woman's um, uh, prime fertility years really are her late teens to late 20s, right? So, um, and then, and, you know, nowadays, most people have their babies later than that. But mm -hmm. after that, once you're in your 30s, you tend to have a decline in your fertility. That yeah. happens. But now having said that, you can definitely still get pregnant. You know, I think I've had a pregnant patient 46 years old. I think it's my um, oldest pregnant okay. patient so that I personally you. had. Um, I think that as we get older, our fertility does tend to, um, you know, decrease and so forth. And the other thing that happens is, um, our health risks tend to go up because, you know, a lot of us are hypertensive, 
-hmm. at 35 when we weren't at 25 or, um, you know, a lot of us have grown fibroids at 40 that we didn't have when we were 30, Um, you know, diabetes, a whole host of things. A lot of us gain weight, you know, we weigh Mm -hmm. um, a lot more at 35 than we did at 25. So those things can also um, play a role, but, you know, I have plenty of patients who are healthier in some respects at 35 than other patients at 25, you know? So I think um, you have to just um, optimize your health uh, when you get pregnant. There's no age that's um, uh, too old. And, you know, women should every year when they go into their doctor, to their gynecologist, have a discussion, you know, kind of have like a a reproductive um, health plan. And, you know, we often ask people, do you plan to have children? Do you not? Because, what I find oftentimes is I'll have a lot of patients that come in and they may be in their thirties and they've never had a baby. And let's say they'll have fibroids and, um, you know, the doctor will say, well, you don't do anything with your fibroids until you have your baby. Um, but then by the time I see them, their fibroids are so big that there's no room for a baby or their fibroids have started to block their tubes, you know? And so I think, um, uh, it's important to assess your fertility as a young woman. And, um, you know, people ask all the time, is there anything that any reason I can't have babies or whatever? And so yeah. I think it's something to discuss long before you um, have the husband and you want to get pregnant right away. It's an ongoing discussion to uh, maintain your fertility. Um, and that can be a whole host of things that play into that, you know, whether it's your medical conditions or um, structural things such as, you know, fibroids, um, different uh, things. And a lot of us, I know, you know, our moms have had fibroids, our aunts and so forth. And so um, it's important. Yeah. It's important to know your status, especially if you're going to wait and have your babies older. So it's something to have an ongoing assessment of and not just wait. But you know, there's not an age too old to have a baby. Now you're increased, you have increased risk of like chromosomal problems and so forth um, yeah. as you get older. Um, you know, and now women can get tested for chromosomal problems at you know nine to 10 weeks and um, no early um, in terms of that. So you do have um, a higher risk of those as you get older, um, but it's still a low overall risk. You know, I think um, when a woman is um, 45, she has a one in 35 risk, which is a strong, you know, uh, difference compared to a woman who's in her 20s and her risk is like one in 1500. So, you know, Uh you do have an increased risk. The other thing you have an increased risk of is um, twins, you know, as women get older, that's something for y'all to think about. Where am I? I blacked out for a second, Doc. I can't right, remember. right, right. I'm just saying, you know, uh, the older oh, Lord, Lord. have uh, women have a tendency to, you know, ovulate more eggs. A lot of times, my patients come in there in their 20s, and they're like, "Oh, I hope I have twins. I want to just have two babies at once." And I always tell them, "No, no, no. You won't have twins. If I, at my age, decide to have another baby, I would have twins. You know, it's when you just want one more that God decides to bless you with two. So, Lord, um, Lord, why? <laughs> So, I mean, it's just still, like I said, it's still an overall low risk. It's a low risk overall, but it does increase as you get older. Twins, the lower one. Look, they said they won't put, the lower one put more than you, you can bear. Then you can bear, right. Twins, You can handle it. You can handle it this time. You can all kind of new material for your stand-up. Hey, listen, that's a whole hour That's a whole hour that's a whole hour stand up this there. Um, okay, cool. You asked a question I was going to ask about, like the age, because um, next to us, 
it was a lady who was 48, I think, at the time that our son was born. So, like you said, for anybody who's doing that, but know your risk. Wait a minute, oh. at the doctor's mm -hmm. office? No, or no, no. In the hospital. Yeah, in the hospital. When I was going really? to the hospital, yeah, there was a lady who was 48. I was like, go ahead, bless you. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. That was on there from us. Uh, for the men side of this, Doc, real, real, real <laughs> quick. Um, does 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 consistent sex help the baby pop out? I know sometimes you hear people have <laughs> have you know like they're they're you mean when um, you're pregnant does it help you go into labor or, or prior to and yeah yeah so both so like prior are you talking to, about getting pregnant or after oh no okay. uh so i guess afterwards right so like you know some people were there at the hospital for like hours they're like no we've been here since yesterday is okay. it anything that'll help you know you just pop that baby right on out you can get back <laughs> on <laughs> you can so, is there anything that help you go into labor? You mean? Yeah. 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 So uh, does does yeah. the sex like sex during that time help the baby come out? Like walking. Um, walk well, people always ask, you know, what can I do to go into labor? And you know, everybody's different. Everybody's story is different. And a lot of people have a story as to what they did to help them go into labor. You know, it is true that um, some of the prostaglandins that are found in semen do soften the cervix. Um, you know, I know some pregnant women across the city now are like, don't tell him that. But you know, there's something to, uh, to be said for that. I mean, but it's perfectly safe to have sex throughout your pregnancy. So, you know, some people would help, say it helped them go into labor. Uh, other people would say not so much. Um, I don't know that there is a strong enough scientific evidence that one thing is encouraged. Yeah, yeah, because I would say we didn't have to do it because Malia came with four weeks early, Jace came, mm -hmm. like, to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was one of the ones, like, I want my baby to stay for 40 weeks, right? Oh, no, 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 well, no. That's always when your baby comes early, when you want your baby right, to stay. Right, exactly. Baby comes early. Yeah. Not, yes. not pop, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, not to pop the baby out early. On your time, you know, like the baby just, you know, uh, you ain't got to, like, you don't have to, you know, push a little bit. Yeah, off. so that's just, a, that's so, it just depends on so many things. It depends on, the yeah. um, size of her pelvis. It depends on the Everything. size of the baby, yeah. baby's yeah. head, the position that the baby comes down. So there's a whole host of uh, things yeah. that um, you know affect that. But as a general rule, uh, the more children you have, the faster your labors are. Childbirth so. and hips. When you get the childbirth and hips, like growing, you say. <laughs> <laughs> the childbirth and hips. <laughs> Okay, so for anybody who struggles with pregnancy, right? So we know some some people who struggle with conceiving at that point in time. Is there anything? Um, oh no, no, hold on. I got a better question with this. I'm, I don't want to ask. Is there anything couples can do at the point of conception of coming together that they can get a boy or a girl? I don't know if you heard this question before. Is there anything couples can do? Yeah, all the time. I'm sure you get sure. these crazy questions all the time. <laughs> uh, all the so, time. Like, and, got to be on top of it. who needs to be on yeah. wait like, what, what i'm sure if you go online you'll find all kinds of stories but <laughs> honestly um what i tell people is um if you really want to have a boy only thing i tell you to do is pray and ask god for a boy because uh, I, I do this <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's nothing really that you um that you can do to change that but if there's ever a test that comes out and it helps people um predict their baby sex or whatever then i would suggest everybody go out and purchase stock right away and i already have mine i will definitely have purchased mine already so um it would be very popular um if that could happen but that um has not yet been the case and for a lot of people um 
they consider that a um, ethical dilemma, right? You know, because you've heard uh, of countries yeah. like in China. Yeah, you hear about celebrities going in and selecting the gender, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and I um, that's even been caught up, called in question if it, if it's ethical because it's kind right, of like exactly. just let nature happen exactly. the way. Yeah, it. and I think for that reason, there's probably not a lot of research or investigation being done into that right now because, um, you know, uh, people tend to look down on uh, gender selection like. I think they did in China years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, people tend to think that that's not necessarily an ethical practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was meaning more in terms of, is there a way- I know, positions and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know what you want. <laughs> yeah, so um, maybe you should just look back to whatever you did when you had Jason. Because you read in my mind, I, I did the science myself. I, I was going to first hear what the research said. If you, you know, if you right. come from I, know, side, I think God just, you, it just happened the way it needed to happen. Like. Yes, yes, and you, you come from the, if you, if anyway, you don't that question. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to help somebody. Help somebody. Yeah, I mean, if you find something that works for you, then, you know, share it with me and I'll be happy to pass it on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help. I'm just trying to help others. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Maybe we can help. pat that. I'm sure people who have all girls have tried it every way. I'm sure people who had all boys and have tried it every they way. Been, you know what I'm saying? So you, you I think just so. think it's you the way so. that it happens. Y'all got to flip that thing. You had three girls? We <laughs> 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 okay. She's seen it all. Dr. Ruby heard it and seen it all. This is, this I is heard it all. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so um, postpartum is real, right? Yeah. How are, what are things couples can do to recognize postpartum? Let's say a husband listen or- You mean postpartum depression? Yeah, yeah. yeah postpartum. Oh, got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the biggest thing to do is to know about it beforehand, you know, to realize that it is something that's there and um, something that does happen to women. Um, and I think as a general rule, just, after you have a baby, just the hormonal changes that you have, you're sleep deprived, you know, there's a reason that in the military sleep deprivation is a torture technique because it is a miserable feeling to not have sleep and it magnifies every problem that you have, you know? So I think um, to a certain extent, postpartum period is an emotional time period, right? For all women. Um, and so we say like those first couple of weeks of just kind of adjustment, we call that kind of a, the postpartum blues, like everybody kind of gets it, but you know, you're still functioning, you're still smiling, you know, enjoying life, enjoying your baby. Um, but then after that two weeks, you know, if people are persistently feeling sad, um, I tell my patients all the time, you know, when you've had a baby, you know that that time period when they're little is so fast and they grow up so fast. And um, I don't want them to miss out and not enjoy um, every minute of it, you know? And so if they feel like they're more sad than they are happy, you know, if they feel like um, they're not enjoying the experience, if they're um, particularly tearful, um, and sometimes they don't even know why. Um, in extreme cases, um, people have had images of hurting their baby <clears throat> um, and um, or hurting you know, themselves, you know, all those things. And um, some people even get to the point that they have postpartum psychosis and they hear voices and things like that. And um, it's just, I think the best thing for women to know is leading into it before you even have your baby, that that is something that happens. Don't think that you did anything wrong. I think women are very sensitive about it because they don't want people to think that they don't want their baby, you know, yeah, especially people who've tried really hard and, um, yeah. 
you know, and they have friends and family members who can't have babies or whatever, and they feel so guilty saying yeah, that they're yeah. sad, you know? And so I just try to remind women that it's, it's nothing in your control. And it definitely doesn't mean that you don't love your baby. It's just a hormonal thing. And it's something that happens and encourage them to, um, talk to their, uh, family members. And, um, you know, a lot of women, even before, um, delivery, in the past have been on anti-anxiety medicine, anti-depression medicine. And when I see that in my patients, a lot of times I encourage them to go ahead and start some medicine in the third trimester to transition them. Cause it's always better to not need it and stop it than to try and get started late because those types of medicines you really have to have in your system for a couple of weeks before you get full benefit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in that whole anticipation of it, um, some women, um, especially if they're you know, have all kinds of emotional issues and different things going on during their pregnancy. A lot of people who lose their moms, you know, people who have children, we know that that's a big time we need their, our moms is after we have a baby. So there's some things that we can look forward and anticipate those feelings. And sometimes we can't, and it's very important to enlist the husband or the significant other um, to uh, kind of be that gatekeeper at the house. If she's not doing well, you tell the people that they can't come in, be the heavy because she can't, she can't, you know, tell her mom or your mom <laughs> that they're uh, stressing her. And so, uh, you know, the husband really has an important role of, you know, knowing his wife and knowing what her norm is and knowing that she's not happy and making her feel comfortable and saying that she's not happy and um, encouraging her to get some help. And sometimes if you just don't know if this is bad enough that you need something, just call the doctor and see. Um, We've started something uh, after uh, ACOG's recommendation, which is a phone call in three weeks um, Mm -hmm. to kind of address that whole postpartum period. It's not something that was always recommended, but we usually would just see people back in six weeks. But now we try to do a check in in three weeks. And it's just important for everybody to know that when you get prenatal care, it's a global visit. Right. So your your prenatal care costs the same, whether you come every week of your pregnancy and every week, six weeks postpartum, or if you only come as scheduled and you don't come until your six week postpartum check, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay anything extra. So it's structured that way because we'd rather see you a hundred times and yeah. nothing be wrong. than yeah. you not come the one time that you need to come in. So if, if in doubt, just go in and talk right. to the doctor, um, and see. And speaking on that, you know, one of the things that, you know, just African-Americans, you know, some of the things we was talking about earlier, like the, um, among African-American women, like, you know, listening to your body, not getting the proper or, uh, care during pregnancy. And so you end up either the mom passed away or the child passed away or both passed away, you know, can you speak to that a a little bit about like trusting your instinct, gut, all of that? So, yeah. So there is, um, you know, a whole body of uh, evidence and concern in this country about the increased morbidity and mortality um, with African-American women during childbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, And there've been several, you know, um, cases in the media of, you know, prominent, uh, well-known people and their family members. And so it's definitely something that, um, you know, uh, we as doctors are aware of, and it's important that um, patients are aware of. And one of the big things is like I just said, don't ever sit at home wonder if you should come in, but come in, you know, I think that um, uh, you have to feel, whether it's your uh, gynecologist, your obstetrician, or even your primary care doctor, your cardiologist, whatever your ailment is, it's important that you feel um, heard by your medical um, team and that um, your concerns are not overlooked, that you feel addressed um, and, um, you know, and bring whatever, you uh, 
issues you have. You know, a lot, there's a whole host of reasons that women have, um, you know, increased morbidity and mortality around childbirth. One of the big ones um, is hemorrhage um, and just um, blood loss. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, you've heard women say, I'm always anemic, you know, I've always had heavy periods, but we really work hard. And that's why it's important to take your vitamins, your prenatal vitamins. Um, we check people's um, hematocrit midway through pregnancy to see if they need something extra. Cause our goal is to build up that stores before you go into delivery. Cause we know you're going to lose blood and you know, blood is how your body heals. It takes all the nutrients to where it needs to go. And so you got to have blood volume. And so it's important not to just brush off your vitamins, but to really, um, uh, take them and do that. I um, mean, also just in terms of maximizing your health um, before you ever get pregnant, you know? Um, Can you speak more to that? Like what if somebody say, oh, I'm really considering having a child, you know, what should they do to prepare? You know, because I think a lot of times we reactive, like, oops, I'm pregnant. Okay, let me go ahead and take vitamins, right. do all this stuff. So what yeah. can we do prior to? Well, I think um, if, you know, not everybody has the luxury of planning a pregnancy. Some people just get pregnant and we have to work with it. But especially if you're planning a pregnancy, um, the goal is to just optimize. What'd you say? Well, you know, it happens. I'm not saying y'all did it that way, but you know, it happens for some people. Some Look, of us. I'm going to be honest for the people. We were planning. I really wanted a baby so bad. I was holding up. I was like, let me just get one more year. Let the Lord work through me a little bit. Let him touch me and agree with me. Wow. Well, oh, when you get my age, you'll probably be glad that you started early because you know you start to get tired, Jeff. You, know, you, know, you, know, you, know, you got a know, camera. So God knows, God knows what you need. So <laughs> divine uh, wisdom. So, um, but I, you know, people come in, they say, "I want to have a baby." I think it's important. Whatever you have, whether you have a seizure disorder, diabetes, hypertension, whatever you have, um, that you control it um, and be in the best health possible before you get pregnant. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of times what, um, women struggle with is their weight, you know, because, um, typically you gain 15 to 20 pounds when you're pregnant and, um, it doesn't matter what, um, you know, in medicine, if you're taking a test and it says, does this increase the risk of adverse outcome? Weight is always the answer, right? It increases everything. The risk of everything adverse is increased with your weight. So, um, it is ideal to, um, you know, I'm not saying that everybody's going to get to their ideal body weight before they get pregnant, but it's a great time to, um, and during this time period, when you're leading up to planning to get pregnant, to try your best to, um, optimize your weight, optimize your blood pressure. If you're somebody that's had borderline blood pressures, but never wanted to take medicine, it's much better for you to go see that doctor, get on something that is safe, um, so that we're not having to adjust your medicines during pregnancy. So if you do have a condition, it's great if you can see your doctor um, ahead of time and say, hey, I'm planning to get pregnant. So um, they can start to optimize your care, um, your uh, medicines and so forth so that you're not coming in. Sometimes people come in there for their first visit and they've got hypertension and they're on a medicine that's contraindicated in pregnancy. So um, I've got to take them off and put them on and, you know, and it's just, um, it's a lot more uh, difficult and risky. Um, but uh, so really you just want to be as healthy as possible. And I'm not saying that you can't have a baby if you've got medical conditions, absolutely you can, and we'll work with it. Um, but uh, it's just always easier if we can um, start off in the best situation um, possible. And especially, like I said, as um, African-American women, and we know that we're having this increased risk of morbidity and mortality, we really want to um, 
take a look at that. And also, let me just say, I think it's important not only for women to be their own advocate um, mm -hmm. when they're coming to uh, the doctor, but also to have that person that's going to be their advocate with, while they're in labor, you know, yeah. and in delivery. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there's a growing body of uh, people who are doulas and, you um, um, midwives and oh, yeah. they want to come in. Uh, and so people always ask, should I get one? And that's just a personal choice. It doesn't, I mean, that person is for you. They're not part of your medical care, your medical team. I think um, I usually tell my patients when they have a husband, it's like, Hey, you got a husband. He's going to be your best advocate. And also I think sometimes they bring in the doula and this is not always the case, but the husband tends to feel pushed to the periphery. I think um, uh, if I haven't seen a husband throughout the pregnancy, it's really nice to see him at the end, you know, or at some point so we can uh, have a discussion and feel like that's going to be a good team for you. But, you know, if you don't have somebody, um, then by all means, there's people that you can hire. Sometimes people uh, feel more relaxed going into it if they feel like they have somebody that's going to be there with them and to be their advocate. And for some people that have particular concerns, they can have a birth plan. We don't necessarily recommend that. Um, but for people that if it's going to make you feel better on the day you come into labor and you've kind of laid out your wishes, um, we have people bring it in. We send it up to the hospital, make it part of the record. Please don't make it, uh, you know, this thick or whatever. But uh, it's something that, you know, your uh, anesthesia and nurse on the labor hall can know what your wishes are. And I would have already gone through it with my patients and said, oh, we can't do this or we can do this, but you can't have that. Um, so that, you know, if it takes away a little bit of the apprehension um, the day of, then we can do that. Yeah. No, I'm awesome. laughing because awesome. it's, so funny. It's, it's so funny because most of my friends, you know, we talk. And so most of my friends, I think we all like, you know, because, you know, you follow the apps, especially the first shower, right? You follow the apps, you go into your doctor, it's like, okay, let me get this birth plan. But I promise you, it never goes. <laughs> it never does. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, yeah. that what we all yeah. say, you know, the doctors and nurses are the best way to have a crazy delivery is to have a birth plan. We just feel like it always jinxes people. But I think what it, I think what it is, Dana, more than that is that the people who try to have control of everything are never going to be happy, right? Because what you have to realize is that um, it's not a situation that you can control any more than the doctor can control or the nurses. So I just say, if you trust your doctor, that's important. Yeah. Trust your doctor. That's your, your doctor. <laughs> yeah. And your team. And um, I mean, speak up for yourself by all means, but the worst thing a woman can do is to come in and say, I am going to have this type of delivery and this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm not going to have a C-section. Yeah. Baby. And, um, you know, I tell my patients, the only person that wants you to have a C-section less than you want a C-section is me. I don't yeah. want you to have a C-section, you know, but everybody wants a healthy baby, right? But nobody yeah. wants a C-section, but sometimes yeah. you got to go through the C-section to get to the healthy baby. So uh -huh. you got to do what you got to do, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Good. Close out. Quick question though, Doc. The six What's weeks, that? is mm -hmm. it necessary? Can you go to the can you go to the well before the six weeks? I know y'all say six weeks, they left like, don't touch nothing. It's like the, the moment of the store. Don't look at nothing, don't touch nothing, don't ask for nothing for six weeks. Well, six weeks, um, everybody? You know, there's plenty of people, Jeff, that come to the doctor on their six-week checkup and they're pregnant. And they pregnant again. <laughs> So obviously, obviously um, there are plenty of people who uh, who don't wait uh, six weeks. So, you know, of course, that's um, a personal choice. If someone had a delivery and they feel great and comfortable enough and they want to have sex sooner, then, you know, who am I to judge? But I will say for women who have had C-sections, um, we like for them to let that uterus heal at least a year before they get pregnant again. 
And I think the thing about six weeks is it's often been that long since, I mean, you don't see the doctor until they need to get on some birth control, but there are some patients who know they're not going to wait six weeks and they request their birth control before they leave the hospital. And I think that's great. So, um, I just, uh, you know, I think that that is um, a question that is left up to the patient. And okay. I always I'll, tell my patients, whatever you tell him I said is what I said. If you weren't there, Jeff, then whatever Dana said, I said, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, all right, thank you, thank you, Dr. Uh, one thing, one thing you learned today before we close. What's what's oh, one thing you learned? Oh my goodness, so much! Like I learned that I want another baby, so I can go see Dr. Ruffin more often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can stop by. You can volunteer. <laughs> Jeff's like, why can't y'all just go to lunch? Well, inquiring minds want to know: Are the mistress going to have another baby? Okay, so I really want to have another baby. I do. It, I really. I. I don't know. I've always had this thing. Even um, I wanted to have three or four kids. Like that's always been. Uh, that's been me. So, and I just. Feel and you like, shared that with Jeff before you got married. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Because it's so funny. Even at, at like our baby shower, <laughs> that when I was pregnant with Malia, it was like, how many kids do they want, do you guys want? But Je- that was Jeffrey. He also wanted three or four kids. So that's what I'm like, why are you changing up the plan on me? Like, <laughs> it's a fluid. It's so a Jeff, fluid. why are you flipping the script now? It's What's a fluid on? plan. It's a fluid plan. I learned a lot about thing um, <laughs> today. I think is it's changed because is trying to find a balance of, you know, like you mentioned before, it is a cost. You know, I'm, I'm more efficient person. I'm more of a cost efficient <laughs> And, you know, is the time, you gotta start back. I gotta, I've trained, you know how hard I've trained these, these jokers I gotta get right now. And so, and then. Well, but you know, when you've already trained some, they'll help you train the others. And I, you know, I have a lot of patients, Jeff, they come in, they're like, well, we just got to get this done and get that done. And, you know, everybody wants to plan and the perfect time to have a baby. And the reality is there's no, there's never a perfect time. You know, life happens. So you just have to decide if what you desire is another baby. You just have to trust God to provide and uh, do the best that you can and save and, and just go with it. I mean, you know, he will. um, And he has, he always has like, you know, God has always provided. And And you've raised such beautiful children. Um, You know, you'll 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 do it again but I will say let me just say I do agree that whenever um you have your last baby and you know it's your last one it's it's sad and it's an emotional thing for people you know um and so I think um you know but Dana has always known that she wanted to have you know more children there's some people that are get sad just because their baby's grown up and I tell them well but however many babies you have, if you have 10, the 10th one is going to have to grow up. So if that's what yes. you're going to get over, get over it now. Um, but if what you want is um, another baby, then, you know, I, I think that's great. But, you know, I do this for a living. So I just think that there's nothing better than a work for a child. Tell them any contact information or something like that. Like if anybody wants to get in contact with you or with it, I don't know oh. if you want to get contact information or you have anything that you yeah well um i work with adams patterson gynecology and obstetrics um so anybody could reach me if they needed to um uh and you know there's i'm an open book that 
the church gives out my phone number. I don't want them to go that way, but I'm just saying it's not. Some people reach out to me, Mr. But my office number is 901-767-3810. But, you know, I just want to say that I did this not because I want people to come to me, but just because I want people to feel empowered to talk to whoever their doctor is. There's a whole host of wonderful um, doctors providing OB and GYN care in this community. And even some family practice doctors, um, you know, um, for their patients. And if a person has a comfort level with that, then that's okay too. I think um, my, what I really just want to push is that people feel empowered um, to be a part of their management and, um, just encourage them to find somebody that they connect with, whether it's me or somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think one thing that I love about you is because, you know, um, when we were going through and I remember it was somebody that I saw and I was like, you know what, it's just not a good working relationship for, for me. Right. And you was like, okay, it's okay. We won't, we don't have to go that route again. And I love that because it made me feel like, okay, I'm empowered because I think I even touched you. I was like, but I really want you there. <laughs> well, and you know, I think, uh, every, all the OB groups are different in terms of, you know, as a general rule, just because babies come all hours of the day and night. Right. Exactly. You know, and I tell my, I tell my, you may not always want me, you know, if I've been up for 24 hours or if I just left happy hour, you really don't want me. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, right. um, uh, but I think that, um, even in situations like in my practice, when, um, you know, you're not guaranteed to get somebody, I think, um, Doctors can still do a great job of documentation in the chart in terms oh, of what exactly. your fears are, what your concerns are. And um, I'll tell my patients oftentimes that I'm available, even if I'm not uh, on call, if there's an issue, a question, and the nurse needs to um, reach out to me, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I only practice with people that I trust. And so um, I think most times, even if it's somebody that you haven't known, if you trust your doctor, your doctor is going to be sure that um, the person that's their representative on a given night, it's going to take care of you appropriately. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you. I want to give you thank yeah. you. Thank you. This was um this was uh, so much uh, fun for me. I love you guys, and I think it's great that you guys love do this. Too. Okay. So anytime you need me, just feel free to call me. We're gonna hold you too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, especially you know if you decide to have another baby, go for it. That's that's what I'm still. So we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep the conversation going on on the next episode to see what because I'm 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 still torn. I'm torn. I see why. I see why I'm torn because. You know, I've been needing a little something myself. And, I, you know, the baby, I don't want to, you know, trying to balance the baby and, you know, a little, little yams right. myself in the, in the bed. You know, it's just trying to balance both sides. And so, well, and I, I think that that is something that you guys definitely could visit on other podcasts in terms of how families uh, make time. But I think, um, you know, uh, having a baby is not just um, a thing for just a couple, but, you know, you um, enlist your village and people to help you. Yeah. And we, um, we had amazing. For sure. Yeah. And plan. And, you know, I think that uh, after the birth of a child is a stressful time for any relationship. And it's important that you um, plan for it. And, um, you know, men often say that they feel like their partners don't have time for them after there's babies, I think. So it's, it's a it's a two sided thing. I think men have to understand that it's that's what she's doing. She's raising a child and it requires a lot of investment. But on the other side, women, we also have to understand that, you know, men need attention, right? So oftentimes when you have two children and a husband, in some ways you have three children, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, don't tell her that, bro. Don't tell her that. I mean 
not. I, I, <laughs> not a good way. I'm just saying, Jeff, you I'm need your time saying. and your attention. You need somebody to pat you on the head and say good job, just like your kids. That's all we need. That's all we need. Look at that little pat on the head. But you know, I think Dana can multitask and prioritize. I feel like you'd still be taken care of. You will. <laughs> hey, look, you're still alive. You remember on Olivia, that was like, you remember the little girl, she was like, uh, how are you doing this? She'd be like, I'm still alive. He's still, still alive. alive. Yeah, you're <laughs> still there. And you look like you're not just living, you're prospering. So yes. you'll be good. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, thank y'all. If you listen to this episode, listen, get you a good OBGYN, somebody like this. I don't know if a lot, I don't know a lot of other OBGYN. We found a great one first. <laughs> So I don't know if you got to go through a couple of, don't yes. feel bad about changing yes. up and go and get yes. you somebody there. And what? I will say this, everybody, I'm serious with though, and I'm not just saying this, but everyone that I've ever recommended to you, love you. Yeah. They feel it. Exact same way. So you well, I appreciate that. I mean, I've had some patients that don't like me though, and, and that's okay. Yeah, I don't take yeah. it personally. Look, um, we're not for everybody, right? For everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm not for everybody. I, I try and I always come from a good place, but you know, I don't let it hurt my feelings. And I know that people got to go where they're comfortable. So, yeah. you know, yeah. but I try very hard. So if you send somebody to me and if I've ever offended them, you know. Oh, no, nobody. We just, no. just came back no. and started. Okay. No. Like, no. like, everybody was like, man, we should have popped some babies out earlier. <laughs> 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 so, all right. So if you still are on the fence, we've met a lot of couples like the on the fence. <laughs> Look at each other and say these three things. Say the Mr. Mantra, right? Is is I, I like you, you I, I love you, you and I, I want you. you. Look. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I take care of them. Yes. I think you'll be fine, Joe. That's the same thing. That's the same <laughs> thing. I kind of told Tina. Don't you eat? You eat the cake, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but appreciate you, Dr. One more yeah, time. All right. Anytime. Thank y'all for listening or watching however you are. Make sure you subscribe. Like and, and make sure you you take ownership of your health especially if you are thinking about having a baby again or first time you ask these questions with your OBGYN when you kind of you know talking and, and get that feeling if it doesn't work you know move on to the next side so yeah yep, yep. so thank you Dr. All, right. all right anytime you all have a good evening all right, all right you too. Bye. Bye.